It's your boy Greg G back again with another breakdown with Boz before the uh, Tuesday night selection show for the final playoff and top 25 ranking show prior to the playoff selections being made next Sunday after championship Saturday. So we have, of course, not a lot of changes in the top four that has stayed the same, but a lot of noise of course, with the upset maybe of near the season, especially where we're at in the season, with LSU having pulled off the big win last weekend against Florida. Uh, we know, you know, we thought Florida might be a shoe-in for the playoffs. So we know how that turned out. Um, and look at it like this. I mean, there's a lot of people upset about... Um, the shoe being thrown, and that maybe have caused Florida a chance at the playoff. But at the same time, I mean, if you're the Florida Gators, with or without Kyle Pitts, you're playing an LSU team that's been decimated by people leaving, quitting, people, um, you know, getting injured. And if you're a top caliber team, a playoff team, a team that thinks they're on their Way to greatness and possibly playing for a national championship. There's no excuse why you lose to an LSU team like that. You're at home. You have a Heisman hopeful and Kyle Trask at quarterback. You came into the game, you know, a heavy favorite. I think over a 20-point favorite. LSU hung the whole game. Kyle Trask had nice stats, but, you know, not as great as in previous Games He did have the two interceptions, and he couldn't lead the game-winning drive for a game-tying drive there, having Illish, having Florida settle for the 50-some-yard field goal that did come up a little short there and, of course, give LSU the big win over their rival there. And... You know, you look at the game there, and it just didn't look like that the Gators were very interested. They didn't seem hyped up for the game. Um, much different than what they have been throughout the season to this point. I mean, they just didn't seem interested. They seemed lethargic. And it was signs of definitely looking ahead to the SEC championship against Alabama. The, you know, they wanted to uh, get to that game and show why they you know, deserved to be mentioned as a playoff team there. But, you know, there are many who thought within their fan base, at least that I've seen, for sure, that thought for sure they'd put up, be able to put up a lot of points on Bama. Kyle Trask could definitely win the Heisman with a, with a big performance against Alabama. And, you know, the Gators seemed pretty confident that, uh, you know, not only were they going to be in Atlanta with the one loss, but that they were – going to give Alabama a big game, and it seemed that many overlooked the LSU game. I mean, you have to wonder, was Kyle Pitts actually hurt enough not to play, or did they feel that the LSU game wasn't important enough for him to play, and they wanted him as healthy and rested for the SEC championship game? You know, it's crazy to think. I know LSU's down. We know what Bama did to him the previous week, but at the same time, it's a rivalry game. It's a revenge game. It's a game that has to be won to still be a top contender for the playoff. And Florida blew the game. 
Now, it'll be interesting to see, of course. Now, this does change things, of course, as far as uh, outside the top four playoff rankings. You know, Florida's going to take a little hit there, um, as they rightfully should. It'll be interesting to see kind of where they're ranked. I would expect probably like uh, 9 or 10 at this point. Uh, maybe kind of similar to how the polls have them. You know, the AP poll or the coaches poll. But... It becomes a little more interesting in the fact that to see what would happen if Florida does somehow win the SEC championship game. You know, to this point, Bama has done a heck of a job of not uh, overlooking opponents. We saw that even this past weekend in a pretty meaningless game against Arkansas and Fayetteville, not playing for anything. I've already clinched the West, already for sure going to Atlanta. So, I mean, they very well could have been as you know, kind of how the Gators were. But Alabama didn't look as good as in previous weeks, but they got the running game going. They put up the points. They blew out the Hogs. And heading to Atlanta undefeated on the regular season, a perfect 10-0, and and did what they had to do. And you know Saban's going to have his guys ready. I seriously doubt they're going to be overlooking this game ahead to the playoff because, of course, it's the only guarantee of a playoff uh, appearance, of course, with winning the SEC championship game. More than likely, I'm pretty confident saying that Alabama win or lose, unless it's a you know, 40, 30, 40 point loss, would definitely still be in the playoff. But, of course, Alabama just wants a definite and get the win on Saturday in Atlanta against the Gators and you know, head to the uh, playoff at 11-0 and the number one team in the playoff. Uh, you know, we all know that uh, people overlook games. We all know that the overconfidence kills teams. Uh, you know, we have a lot of college guys, 18 to 21, 22. I mean, you, sometimes you don't know where their minds are at. So, I mean, that does lead to one thing that may help Florida is, you know, the way Bama handled LSU, the way Florida, you know, went back and forth with LSU and at times struggled with LSU, unable to pull away from the Tigers. Maybe Alabama players feel, you know, even more confident. I know the fan base feels extra confident that it's going to be a big win for Bama, but hopefully, you know, the players are staying away from that. Could be dangerous there. Hopefully, you know, the players learn from the from the upset from this weekend that uh, they have to come ready to play because Florida's going to be hungry because. You know, they're going to come in upset. This is the game that they were looking to when they lost last week. So, you know, they're going to be extra prepared, extra ready to get on the field, extra ready to show folks that they're still a good team. So, I mean, there'll be a lot of motivation. It's pretty much if Bama shows up or not. And, of course, you know, Saban usually has his guys ready, especially in a meaningful game like this. It's the SEC Championship game for a definite spot in the playoffs. So I think his guys are going to become ready. But every now and again, you see where hiccups do occur when you're coming into a game against a team coming off a loss. You, you know, take your foot off the accelerator a little bit and uh, become comfortable. I mean, I don't see that happening per se, but we all know in sports it does happen. It will be interesting to see, though, if Florida does somehow pull the upset with, you know, having the two losses on the season at Texas A&M, and then, of course, um, this past weekend against LSU, do they get into the playoff? 
Um, are they going to make the playoff with two losses? That'll be interesting to see. Also, if uh, with Alabama, if they were to lose, um, you know, would it, I'm sure, drop them to the fourth spot? But I don't think, uh, having gone undefeated in the SEC, 10-0, uh, pretty much dominated most every opponent they played to this season, that they would drop out of the playoff rankings, um, you know, out of the top four. I still think Bama's in no matter what they do. I'm a, I still think Bama, of course, is going to be one tonight. I think Bama's going to win uh, on Saturday and uh, stay at the number one spot. Uh, but looking at the, you know, the other three spots, of course, the number two spot is Notre Dame. Notre Dame didn't play last weekend. We know they're having a rematch against Clemson this coming up weekend. Uh, of course, we know Notre Dame won game one and well documented, of course, that. Trevor Lawrence didn't play in the game, so there's a lot of thought that, of course, it's going to be a big win for Clemson because Trevor Lawrence is going to be playing. He's healthy, playing good football. Clemson's been wrecking folks since his return and since the loss against Notre Dame, and many expect uh, Clemson to get the revenge and for sure get their spot in the ace. You know, in the playoff with the win over Notre Dame in the ACC championship game on Saturday afternoon. The big question then becomes, if Clemson does as many expect them to do with getting the revenge on Notre Dame, does Notre Dame having done enough to stay in the uh, playoff right, right now at the two spot? And I'm thinking they're pretty safe at this point. They're undefeated on the season, haven't lost, playing pretty good football. Ian Book is playing good. Uh, you know, they got the win against Clemson. I think as long as they don't get slaughtered, don't lose by 20-plus, it's, you know, a close enough game that, you know, people are unsure who's going to win until maybe later in the game. And if Clemson wins, then I think Notre Dame still gets in the playoff think they're pretty safe unless they get blown out like I said but I think Notre Dame does get in the playoff and I think you know um, currently at the two spot should they win of course they'll stay at the two spot if they lose I see them dropping to the fourth spot of course uh, the three spot right now is Clemson Clemson of course coming off the bye week and if they get the win against Notre Dame they'll move up to that two line and, of course, if they lose, we know that Clemson's out of the playoffs. Simple as that. Two losses on the season. There's no way that they would go into the playoff, which at that point opens up Pandora's box. I mean, at that point, does Texas A&M get in? Uh, what's going to happen with that fourth spot? And that's, you know, kind of what I think a lot of people want to see. You know, we're in the midst of 2020, a pandemic. It's chaos everywhere, so why not have the... F- Car football playoff system be the same way. I think a lot of people would love to see the chaos, love to see some heads roll that should that many are expecting to on Saturday, so we can see the chaos, see how the committee reacts to it, see how uh, the playoff picture turns. If a Clemson loses, if a Alabama loses, if uh, somehow an Ohio State loses, uh, you know, just to see what would happen. What teams will, you know, get into the playoff conversation there? Um, you know, and of course, 
I too think Clemson will beat Notre Dame. It's the it's the uh, rematch. Trevor Lawrence is there. It's hard to beat Clemson one time a year. Twice is crazy. It'll be crazy if the Irish pull off the second one. So, you know, I think that uh, if Clemson loses, it definitely opens up things for the Aggies. But uh, right now, I don't see that happening. But I do see Notre Dame making it somewhat of a game. I just don't see them winning this second time around. At that point, I think that kind of closes things up for the Aggies. Unless, of course, right now the fourth place team, being Ohio State, somehow loses to Northwestern. Now, Northwestern has a, you know, solid defense, not much of an offense. You know, we saw them lose a bad game to Michigan State two weeks ago. And then, of course, after that, Michigan State turned around and got shellacked by uh, Ohio State. Of course, last week, Ohio State didn't play because Ohio State had the week off with Michigan uh, calling off the game. Um, which, of course, led to a lot of thoughts and opinions about Ohio State not being involved in the uh, playoff or the Big Ten title game because the Big Ten said you had to play six games to qualify. And, of course, many thought if they didn't qualify for the Big Ten title game, how could they qualify for the playoff? That being said... You knew the Big Ten wasn't going to stick to that rule and allow Indiana into the uh, playoff game. I mean, into the Big Ten title game, considering Ohio State had already got the win against the Hoosiers there. You knew the Buckeyes were going to be in the championship game one way or the other there. I mean, it, and it's fair, fair to them. I mean, it's not a Ohio State's fault why games were called. I mean, they had games against Illinois uh, Maryland and Michigan called all three called by the other team due to COVID concerns. So not necessarily the fault of Ohio state at the same time. Yes, they didn't play. So it's all speculation, but I mean, it's a, probably a 95% chance and I'm pretty confident saying Ohio state would have slotted all three of them, 20 point plus wins, no chance of losing to the likes of, uh, Maryland, Illinois or Michigan, even in a rivalry game. I thought if they had played last weekend against the Wolverines, if Michigan had kept it under 20, they're doing a heck of a job, to be fair. So at that point, I mean, I mean, not like I said, nothing in the top four is going to change. The biggest thing will be interesting to see is how far Florida drops, who moves up to in their spot, you know, the Cincinnati having got their game canceled against Tulsa last week. Uh, again, though they are playing this week in the uh, American Championship game, how much does that affect them? Will they drop again? Have Though they are undefeated on the season, it's been a while since they played, which seems to have hurt them a little bit. It'll also be interesting to see if, uh, you know, Coastal Carolina moves up at all uh, with um, – and we saw the emergence of Iowa State last week. I thought it was kind of weird considering they do have the two losses. Yes, it's only one loss in the Big 12. But, uh, you know, they did lose to Louisiana. And Louisiana is much lower in the polls than Iowa State. 
And yes, it was the first week of the season, but at the same time, Louisiana did slaughter them. So, I mean, I, I know that the Cyclones have played good football as of late, so I understand why they are where they are. However, you know, they are ahead of some teams you wouldn't expect them to be ahead of. Um, you know, they did jump Cincinnati last week. I think they're ahead of. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Also, you know, kind of where Coastal Carolina gets. Uh, because at the end of the day, we all know that um, the New Year's Six bowl game uh, usually goes to the highest. There's always one of the, the highest non-Power 5 teams that makes it into a New Year's Six bowl game. Right now, it looks like Cincinnati. But I think the feel-good story, what many people would like to see, would be Coastal Carolina let the Chanticleers into the um into the game. We know that they beat BYU, a big win there. So it would be a big, big thing if they're able to get the um if they were able to get the um the, the uh, New Year's Six bowl bowl berth there. Right now, you know, I've seen some Sites that, of course, have their projections up of the New Year's Six, and it's not looking so good for the Chanticleers. Looks like at this point, Cincinnati is the team of the non-power fives that will more than likely be part of the New Year's Six, unless you know Tulsa does get the um, win on Saturday. Uh, you know, it's been quite some time since Cincinnati played. You know, I'm not sure how much they've been practicing, how much rust there's on them. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they respond to their time off with the with the with their um, championship game, and we'll see if you know that hurts them if they happen to lose game or if they'll stay still be the team they were prior to basically shutting down for a couple of weeks. Because you know, before the shutdown, I mean, Cincinnati was looking almost as good as most any teams in America. There, I mean, Cincinnati this year, you know, I think had a team that could definitely have competed at the highest level in the Big Twelve and the and the Big Ten for sure. Uh, definitely at the top within the reaches of uh, at least a conference championship. So you definitely know nothing. You know, can't say anything bad against the uh, Bearcats. I mean, definitely a team I think is well coached. They play well. They're fundamentally strong. They're a good team, and they've handled business. Can't knock them, but, you know, those weeks off may hurt them in the long run. We know they hurt them a little bit in the rankings last week. It'll be interesting to see how they respond with their first game, and it seems like near a month, um, you know, coming up Saturday in their championship game. But, you know, wish them luck there. I've enjoyed watching them a few times this year. They've dominated the games that I've seen them in. So it'll be interesting to see if they're still on that same level. And if all heck breaks loose and, you know, if, um, you know, an Ohio State loses, if um, Clemson loses, you know, something like that, is there any chance at all that – Cincinnati gets in. I don't think there is just because they're a non-Power 5 team. But if they were to go undefeated, you know, it'd be interesting to see just how how they end up if there is some chaos. The other interesting thing, and I don't think it's going to be much, is just what they do with uh, USC. Of course, USC undefeated on the season, coming off the last 
second win against um, UCLA this past weekend. They are the uh, Cardiac Trojans. I mean, they've, you know, very well could have lost to Arizona, Arizona State, and UCLA, but currently undefeated on the season, uh, going to the Big Two. The, excuse me, the Pac-12 title game playing against, it was supposed to have been against Washington, but uh, that did change due to COVID. And it looks like they'll be playing the second place team out of the uh, Pac-12 North. And of course, that is the Oregon Ducks. The Ducks just haven't looked good at all this year. We know that they lost a game against uh, Oregon, lost a rivalry game against Oregon State. I don't even know what the game's called anymore because I know it used to be the Civil War, but uh, I think that was uh, canceled. At least a name. We know they lost that. They lost to Stanford. I mean, this is not not the finest work by Oregon. I think a lot of it may have to do with just the amount of you know un- amount of uncertainty, the lack of practice, the lack of games, the la- lack of continuity that maybe other conferences were able to get because they started earlier and able to work. We know the Pac-12 didn't get started till what November, so you know it was kind of lost for the most part. So I think USC handles business, dominates, and is can, will be crowned the Pac-12 champion. The biggest concern, you know, the biggest thing for USC, though, is this. You know, I don't think that they've done near enough to be considered in the playoff other than an undefeated Pac-12 champion. They haven't played many games. Their schedule has been pretty weak. And they've had three games that... Uh, Probably very well could have lost. And you look at it compared to the other teams in playoff contention, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I don't think they have any problems beating Arizona, Arizona State, or UCLA. I don't think it's any last-second touchdown heroics, anything needed to beat those type of teams. And that's going to be the difference in keeping USC out of the playoff. Now, if USC had had close games and a full schedule, and they will say if they were 10-0, then I definitely say they have an argument. They definitely would be in consideration, and I don't think they could be left out of the playoff. But based on how things are currently and their lack of games and how close some of those games have been, I just don't think that the Trojans have done enough to make the playoff or be considered a playoff team unless all hell breaks loose. And who knows, it's 2020, like I said, people are looking for chaos. We've seen chaos at times throughout the season. We've seen some upsets, some craziness this college football season. But I don't think this is going to be the game. You know, I don't think, if, you know, if a team benefits from chaos and makes a playoff, I don't think it's going to be this Trojans team. But shout out to them, you know. It seems like they're on the well verge of going undefeated. Should they win the Pac-12 title Friday night? You know, the big thing there, you know, it seems like that uh, Clay Hilton is always on the hot seat. And there's always this talk about Urban Meyer coming in. Has been for a while now. And, uh, you know, he's withstood that. Has him undefeated on the year. So it looks like Clay will definitely be the coach again next year in Los Angeles. Leading the Trojans there. And, of course, the other thing that happens is, uh, you know, with the chaos. If there's no chaos, of course, we know. I think we're pretty set on who the four is. I don't think Notre Dame will drop if they lose out of the playoff, just as I don't think Alabama will lose, will drop out of the playoff other than their change of where they be at. But neither team, I don't. I think, will 
stay in the playoff. Um, the big thing turns out, I think more the, you know, the likes of a Texas A&M getting into the playoff, not looking the best as of now, unless of course somehow uh, Notre Dame pulls off the second win against Clemson which would be quite impressive. They have two wins within a two-month period over the Clemson Tigers. And then, of course, the uh, there's some type of upset in the Big Ten title game. <sighs> Who knows? It's, I mean, I guess anything's possible. Nothing that surprising is normal in this 2020 pandemic season. But I don't think there's any chance of the Buckeyes losing. I'd be shocked if it's under 20 points, to be honest. Um, you know, the Buckeyes are been questioned, you know, since the Michigan game was canceled about, you know, how legit are they? Uh, you know, should they be included in the playoff? Having not played the six games, you know, people feel that they got, uh, helped out by the Big Ten. The rules are changed for them to win the Big, Big Ten East so they can be part of the championship game. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. You know the Aggies having that one loss. You know are on the outside looking in, hoping for something big to happen. I don't see it happening this Saturday that allows them to get into the playoff. I guess the biggest chance I think of the Aggies somehow making the playoff is a. I think they want Alabama to win because that's their one loss, and you don't want your one loss losing right before the selection. So definitely for the Aggies, want Alabama to win. But for sure I want Notre Dame to win because Notre Dame would knock Clemson out of the top five. At that point, that's almost a sure way for the Aggies to get into the playoff with, the, with their one loss, for sure. I you know, feel confident that if that were to happen, the Aggies are in. Of course, the other option is if uh, Ohio State were to lose uh, to Northwestern, then I think that would also get the that for sure we get the Aggies in as well. That one doesn't happen. The most likely case scenario that allows them to win is going to be if Notre Dame beats Clemson for that second time. Tough, tough sledding ahead. It's gonna be hard to do. You know, it's a big. There's a big chance that the Aggies don't do that. Um, so we're looking at, you know, other ways that the Aggies can get in. I guess if somehow Notre Dame just gets slaughtered, they lose by 30, 40. Trevor Lawrence has a big day and they blow out, I don't know, 42 nothing type game. Blowout, no questions asked, domination from start to finish. Possibly... Maybe they could jump at Notre Dame, but I think it, you know it had to be a reckless game. It had to be a blowout, some shocker. I don't think many people would be shocked to see Notre Dame lose on Saturday. I think there would be some that would be shocked if they get destroyed. If they get destroyed, then the Aggies very well have an argument. But if it's anything where you know it's competitive and it's not a definite blowout, and there's you know going in middle of the fourth quarter there's still a chance and people are thinking Notre Dame has a chance to win the game and you don't have to play it all out to get the win to know the results uh, you know it's not over by halftime then I think Notre Dame 
will have done enough to stay in the playoff win or lose. So it's quite the road for the Aggies. They have to hope for, you know, a Notre Dame win or a Northwestern win. Of course, Notre Dame has a chance. You know, they've been playing good football, but it's more so than beating Clemson twice in the same season, except especially with Trevor Lawrence back there. The other interesting thing of the weekend is going to be about the, you know, the Heisman Heisman push. Of course, uh, you know, the favorite for many has been Kyle Trask. You know, he's had a heck of a year, but I know last week was a little bit of a setback for him. You know, they didn't win against that hapless LSU team, lost at home. Uh, you know, he did have good yards. He did have the touchdowns, a couple of touchdowns there, but those two interceptions and getting the L would definitely have hurt him a little bit. Uh, you know, Mac Brown, Mac, Mac Brown, <laughs> Mac Jones last week, of course, uh, not big time showy numbers against Arkansas, but very, um, very good nonetheless. Over 200 yards passing, only four or five incomplete passes. Um, but Alabama did run the ball a lot. He didn't have to throw as much, um, didn't play as much where he's throwing the ball. So, you know, but he's. 10-0 on a year, has had quite the season. Um, and with Kyle Trost losing, definitely jumps up into, you know, I think at, right now going into Championship Saturday, I'm thinking Mac Jones is the number one spot. Interesting, it'll, what's interesting is be to see, you know, if Justin Fields has a big, big day against Northwestern and, uh, you know, the Buckeyes roll and he puts up eye-popping numbers, what that does for his Heisman push, or, you know, even um, Trevor Lawrence, if he has a big day against Notre Dame. Many are expecting to have a big day to put up good points and yards and everything and have quite the performance. You know, how much does that help him in the Heisman? Um, You know, he may not have had as gaudy of numbers as uh, Trask and Jones, but he's putting up numbers. He's uh, doing big things. He's making sure Clemson's winning games. He's not making mistakes. It hasn't been sexy per se, but, you know, you have to take him into consideration, of course, unless he were to lose. Lose there on Saturday against Notre Dame. And, of course, the who I would like to really see win the, win the Heisman, uh, is Alabama's very own Devontae Smith. Uh, we know Devontae's had quite a season. I mean, he's very high. You know, he's gained a lot of, in the, on the draft boards. He's gained a lot on the national attention just of what he's been able to do this season. After Jalen Waddle went down for Alabama, he's taken to a whole different level. He's destroyed secondaries, blazing speed, Punt returns, touchdowns, you know, big time catches. I mean, you just look what that touchdown against uh, LSU, the amazing catch there, or the, uh, you know, the punt return for the touchdown this past Saturday against Arkansas. I mean, those are the things that Heisman voters look for. It's been so long since a since a wide receiver. Who was it? Um, Howard was the last one. Desmond Howard back in 91 was the last receiver to win the Heisman. We know it's a quarterback first and running back second type of thing. But 
You know, I think he has the best value if you're betting in Vegas out of the top five for the Heisman. I think he's at plus 450 or something. So more than likely not going to win. But if you're, you know, looking for a little value on the bets or looking for something different, I'd say to get behind Devontae Smith, love what he's doing, enjoy it. And, uh, you know, if he has a big game in Atlanta, burns up the uh, Gator secondary and scores you know, puts up a 180, 200 type of game and a couple of touchdowns. He may very well be in contention. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see just how the Heisman Trophy thing f- plays out. I think a lot of it's still going to come down to Kyle Trask and Matt, Mac Jones, uh, who has a better SEC championship game. Of course, as of right now, Mac Jones has a leg up because A, he's undefeated. B, he beat LSU, didn't have a struggle game, didn't have any inter- you know, uh, dominant in performance against the Tigers. Um, and then I think uh, Devontae is probably the third option right now. The big thing with Bama, with, you know, some consider Najee a, uh, a Heisman candidate as well. So that at times when you have that many, and, you know, it's a problem that most programs would like to have, but it's one that Bama has right now that, of course, with three studs, three superstars, you know, at some point they're going to cut out each other's votes and take away from each other, which, uh, you know, may help out Kyle Trask or Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, I think uh, before last weekend Kyle Trask was a shoe-in. I was pretty confident even though I'm an Alabama guy, would have loved to see, would love to see Mac Jones win the Heisman, or even more so Devontae Smith. You know, I really thought that uh, everything was looking big for Kyle Trask because a, you know, there's a narrative he doesn't have as many star players as uh, Mac Jones has, or you know what Joe Burrow had last year, etc. And b, um, you know, people just like the story there. Now Mac Jones has a you know a big story too. I mean he was a guy that uh, came to Alabama despite Tua being there. Uh, you know, decided to stick around and not uh, be scared, you know, with, um, you know, this pass offseason with, uh, with the quarterback signings. You know, he's rolled with the punches. You know, he stayed the course. Um, and he's been rewarded for his patience and his uh, perseverance and work. He's gotten better. He's on the verge of greatness. He's so much different than last year, quarterback. You know, um, you know, when he was under center last year, Alabama fans were holding their breath. Uh, you know, he made good plays against Sauber, we know, but he also had some, we know, the two pick sixes, which cost an iron ball. So people saw his talent, but at the same time still saw, man, he's not Tua. This year, you know, we saw he put up a good performance last year against Michigan in the bowl game. And has really built on that for this year. Um, he's been epic to this point. You know, he's overcome a lot. You know, many people thought Bryce was going to be the quarterback in Tuscaloosa, but Mac Jones has held that off, held that battle off quite well. Uh, and, you know, very much has a Heisman story there. So it'll be interesting to see just how Championship Saturday shapes the Heisman. You know, you really hope that uh, the. You really hope that they um, give, you know, that nobody really votes prior to Championship Saturday. That you know, let the game be played out before that happens. And then, of course, you know, next Sunday, I think at noon or eleven or noon, something like that, we'll find out just how good um, 
you know, what the final rankings will be, if there's been any chaos and such. So not a lot of drama tonight on the playoff show. Uh, you know, the top four is going to say the same. And uh, unless craziness happens, that same top four will be uh, playing in the playoff. Uh, you know, if Alabama won, Clemson at two, uh, Ohio State would be three, and uh, Notre Dame would be four should Clemson when uh, the rematch on Saturday and the, the rest hold, hold, you know, hold up there. That would make Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. I mean, big, big brands, big, big ratings, big everything. So I mean, that's good for everybody in the college football world. The only other team that uh, you know would carry that same type of weight as far as ratings would, of course, be USC. But, you know, I don't think that they have have done enough to make the playoff, even if they do win and and win the Pac-12 on Friday night. Uh, So, I mean, you know, uh, we haven't seen any craziness yet in the top four. Uh, It's been pretty much the same top four for almost the entire season. Um, you know, you'd have to think there's a, with how 2020 has been, that there'd be one upset. I'm sure college football fans and those with teams not involved in the playoff would love to see all the blue blood just because that's going to build the ratings of your secondary fans, the people that um, only watch sometimes because they know the names are familiar with the Alabama's, the Ohio State's, the Notre Dame, the Clemson's of the world. And, but, you know, there's some of us, uh, myself included, would like to see some chaos. You know, would like to see what happens if, uh, you know, Clemson loses again, if there's an upset in the Big Ten title game, what would happen in Florida. You know, somehow pulled off the big win against Bama. That one I'm the least likely, other than, other than Northwestern, the least um, shocked. I think the least likely to happen, other than Northwestern being Ohio State, and I'd be shocked, you know, to see if, you know, see what would happen if Florida does somehow pull off the win in the SEC championship game. You know, there's a rich history in the SEC championship game between Batman and Florida. It's been played quite a few times there. Um, so this will be another chapter, and then I think it'll be the 10th time. So it will be interesting. Be a good, great matchup. Um, should be a, even in, you know having lost some of its luster. It'll still be a big game. You know Kyle Trask will want to put on a performance. Kyle Pitts will be back. He says he's playing, so he's not going to hold back in the SEC championship game. So it'll be interesting to see who falters. You know if Florida can contain Alabama. Can you know can they contain Mac Jones, Devontae Smith? Are they able to shut down any of the running game? Big thing for Bama, uh, you know, is just going to be keeping Kyle Trask, um, put pressure on him, force him into mistakes, um, you know. But they, the hardest thing for Florida is going to be they don't have much of a running game. And if Alabama, you know, knows that they don't have a running game, they don't have to respect a running game at all, you know, they're going to be able to get after Kyle Trask. They're going to be able to put in exotic blitzes. They're going to be able to... Um, do what they need to do to keep Kyle Pitts in lock and keep the other wide receivers, you know, locked up there. 
that's going to be the difference is if uh, Bama can, you know, control that line of scrimmage, put pressure, and then when they're on the offense, just put up points. You know, I think it might be closer than some expect just because, you know, I think Florida's a good team. They were very much looking ahead, and you can't do that in the car football. And we saw that happen Saturday night, last Saturday. I think that this uh, Florida team is going to be very focused, and they're going to give Bama a little of a push, especially uh, first half. I see, you know, Bama pulling off in the second half there. But who knows? It's 2020. (laughs) Who knows, really? So that's all for now. You know, it's going to be exciting to get the championship Saturday. Uh, You know, Exciting to see if there's any any craziness or if we're going to have a pretty set standard um, playoff or there's going to be complete chaos. And, you know, what, is, what would it take for um, Texas A&M to get into playoff or consideration for a Cincinnati or Florida, Florida et cetera, et cetera. Um, be interesting. It'll be a good weekend. It'll be exciting. And, uh Despite all the uncertainty with the pandemic and everything, you know, it's amazing that we've been able to play this much football. You know, and the likes of the SEC and the ACC getting 9, 10 games in there, very impressive. Uh, considering, you know, where we're at with the pandemic, how there's so wide of uncertainty, that there's all, a lot of quarantining going on, that there's a lot of positive tests going on, you know, that they've been able to work things out uh, for the most part. And, uh we're on the verge of um, another car football season coming to an end, sadly. But one that's been interesting, it's been up and down. We've seen a lot of craziness, a lot of unexpected things happen. And you would think that, you know, we'll follow suit and see some craziness this Saturday. But who knows? <laughs> that's the joy of the game and what we'll see. And, um, of course, I'll have a reaction after we have our playoff teams there. And we'll go from there. But that's all for now. It's your boy, Greg G. I'm out. Enjoy the playoff selection show tonight. See what, uh, see how far Florida drops to the committee. I think that'll be the biggest thing tonight, just to see just how far they drop and what that does to their playoff chances. I think the other interesting thing, just to see where USC and Coastal Carolina go, And then, of course, we'll know for sure next uh, Sunday where it all has ended up and what the committee um, sees as the four best after championship game Saturday. But that's all for now. Like I said, it's your boy, Greg G. I'm out. Enjoy the show tonight. Enjoy the games this weekend. And I have a complete reaction to the playoff selection and the matchups early next week. It's your boy Greg G and I'm out.